Welcome to Down the Rabbit Hole, episode number 24. And today we have the weather sponsored by Carl yeah. Baldwin. Thank you very much. Now, the weather here in Cluj is sunny with scattered clouds. And it is pleasantly warm to hot, I think. Would you say yeah. about 25 degrees? Approximately, like, like 22, yeah. something like that. It's quite early in the mm-hmm. day yet, but um, a very pleasant day. So, if you are in Cluj, mm. take advice. If not, just discard. If you are in Cluj, <laughs> all you have to do is look out at the window. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not in Transylvania, discard the information. And let's get on to <laughs> it. Exactly. <laughs> well, today's uh, episode, it's about placebo and nocebo. Uh-huh. And Carl will start yes. uh, with some explanations yes. about it. Obviously, this is the first kind of part of the podcast, the kind of uh, more fun part, shall we say. But we're going to start with a quick kind of a description of what uh, we're going to talk about. And basically, I think probably everybody's heard of the placebo effect. This uh-huh. is, uh, you know, uh, the ability of the mind to bring about change in the body. And it's the kind of thing you get with where they do these medical trials and some people are on the sugar pills and some people are on the life-saving drug. And yet there's a percentage of the people on the sugar pills that actually Mm -hmm. react positively. And there's all kinds of examples. And placebo, the word, comes from the Latin for I will please. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing is that placebo... As a dark side, okay? Dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun. Exactly. Star Wars there, very mm-hmm. good. And basically, uh, its, um, its evil twin is called nocebo. And it's from the Latin, I will harm. Mm-hmm. And it is the ability to cause physical harm purely through suggestion. Suggestion. Which is interesting. Really. Uh-huh. So that is what we're going to be talking about in the two segments. But this first segment, obviously, we're we're talking more generally about books and movies and yes. conspiracies. So, and so what we're talking is you can actually make or influence people, making them believe mm. uh, something. Certain things. You could say that maybe it's related to what we talked before mm. about Notch and other stuff. But mm. it's not exactly the same. It's not exactly the same because this is actually talking about producing physical effects. Exactly. So if you can, for example, have somebody mm. to think that the weather is producing him a headache. Yeah. yeah. And people will actually start to feel like having the headache. How did you know that? Because I do. You start to have a headache, I'm, right? Well, I'm feeling it now. That yeah. is amazing. Ah, I don't you, know. you have you have a power, I think. Probably. I don't know what the uniform will be. Go with <laughs> You'd dress like a giant sugar pill or something. I don't know. <laughs> sugar pill. <laughs> <laughs> you will look like a, a, yeah. a mascot for a pharmacy commercial. Yeah, or something. yeah, one of those. You know, with the, the suits with the handing out leaflets. You know. uh-huh. I told my mother I was going into show business. You know that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Anyway, well, this kind of uh, I would say psychological um yeah influence influence uh we have one very very famous and was done in 1938 that's right by 
H. G. Wells. Well, not by H. G. Well, Wells. Orson Wells. Orson Wells did it. Did based on H. G. Wells. Exactly. War of the Worlds. Mm. The Halloween broadcast. Uh huh. And Very it, interesting. In fact, uh, I have uh, somewhere around in my archives mm. the full original broadcast. Oh, really? We should uh, put oh, some of that. Yeah, that would have been good. I yeah, would have thought of that. Anyway, it was it. It became so famous mm. because, uh, well, the story is one day they decide to make this show. Yeah, a drama show. A drama show. Mm. Uh, a play. A kind of uh, yeah, radio novella. You would a want radio, to call a it a radio play. Yes, mm. but they didn't tell anything to the listeners to the mm. audience. Suddenly, Orson Welles comes, mm. sits down on the microphone, like if he would be a normal presenter on like the radio. A new, like a news broadcast. News in broadcast, mm. interrupting the normal programming mm. from a dinner happening in, I don't remember which it place. Was some band or something. Yes, it? playing. Da, 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 da. Mm. And then he interrupts and says, we have a very urgent message to cover. Mm. And then is when starts everything. Yeah. And it is interesting because... And it's estimated that mm. one million people actually yeah. believed what was being said on the radio. And I would have been one of those one million... No, I'd have been one of the ones of the many thousands who panicked. Who, that would have been me. <laughs> who panicked? Well, I hope you will not be from the ones that threw themselves through the window. No, I'd, first I would change my underwear because okay. I would need to at that point. <laughs> then... <laughs> <laughs> then, then I would panic. <laughs> it's always best to panic with fresh underwear on. Yes. That's my thing, right? It's just me. Right? Uh huh. So uh, yeah, so interesting that uh, people actually panicked and were driving out of the city, and and some people actually commit suicide. Yeah. Uh, other, uh, it caused uh, some kind of a raid Fortune. in the streets. Fortunately, there were no broadcasting authorities in those days, so they had nobody to complain to. No. And the thing is, the topic was Earth has been invaded by Martians. He's being invaded, actually, during yeah, the broadcast. During right? the broadcast. Yeah. And he was uh, having reporters or people pretending to be reporters That's on right. site saying... Oh, I'm seeing this and the spaceship, and it's opening now. Ooh. And there's like a robot coming out, and he's shooting now. Ah, he's got yeah. killed. Ah. Yeah, All the good. drama was done live. I was, uh, that you, was fantastic. You, you painted a brilliant picture there. I, I was transported there. by that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the thing about it is that um, so well done, was it? And so uh -huh. uh, imp impressionable were people that uh, a psychologist called uh, Hadley Cantrell actually uh, conducted a study of the uh -huh. broadcast effects and he published he published his findings in a book The Invasion from Mars a study in the psychology of panic a uh -huh. catchy title at any time oh okay? yeah definitely uh, definitely and uh, his study Uh, actually explored the power of broadcast media and how it relates to the suggestibility of human beings. Now, what I didn't include, because I dug up this particular note for the show, uh -huh. uh, if you actually look up, uh, dear listeners, if you actually look up um, Hadley Cantrell and look at his affiliations and look at 
his associations, you will find a very interesting arc of kind of uh, history of what happened in the decades following him doing uh-huh. this study. Um, there's some very interesting connections there. So obviously that broadcast wasn't actually a conspiracy, but no, um, it was a great deal of uh, fun, no doubt, for Orson Wells, And I think probably kick-started his um, broader career, I would have thought. Yes, yes. You know? So you want to start the next one, Rafa? And then we have something called... Um... MK Ultra, which is a big favorite of any X Files fans. Yes, obviously. So MK Ultra is a, a name given to an illegal program of experiments on humans, mm. and is designed uh, and taken care of by the CIA, and was uh, intended to identify and develop drugs and also the procedures to be used in interrogations and torture. Yeah. So this is, you know, through mind control stuff. Yeah, it was forcing confessions and mind control. Yeah. And, and it ran apparently from 1950 Fif- to 1967, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Um, something that I found out was that... Um, the truth serum. <laughs> all that stuff, right? <laughs> um, I mean, there are so many actual films that have been kind yeah, of based, based on, on this, this. this kind of stuff. Right? Yeah. Um, but apparently one of the characteristics of this MK Ultra program was that um, not only did it provide uh, lots of inspiration for episodes on X-Files, but it actually went under many different names. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was called something like, um, God, I've forgotten now, but it it had several names and it kept... The, the U.S. government kept changing the name of the program. To uh, divert the attention. <laughs> and people got very confused about what exactly, which program yeah. was doing what and to whom. Um, but certainly, um, as you said, there was illegal activity and ultimately it was shut down. I don't think anybody went to jail. No, I, I don't think, think no. so, right? But it's interesting that uh, some of the methodologies used by this organization were, mm. of course, chemicals. Of course. To weaken the person, alter the state of mind of the person. Yeah. Hypnosis, mm. sensory deprivation, yeah. isolation, verbal and sexual abuse, yeah. and, of course, torture. Yes. Exactly. So... Um. <laughs> That reminds me of somebody yeah. sitting and watching a very bad cartoon with the eyes with pigs on the, the, the <laughs> yeah. 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 With one hand in a, a bowl of warm water and the other hand in a bowl of boiling water. water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think, obviously, without a doubt, mm-hmm. the research and the conclusions and the results from MK Ultra and the programs that came under that kind of umbrella, uh-huh. I have no, I have no doubt that that material is still in use today. That as research material, yeah, a bit, especially a bit. because it got declassified. Sorry, it got declassified. Well, with a lot of redacting. Yes, of there's... course, but still, now some of those researches are available. I think it was the reason for the magic marker being invented. Actually, yeah. was publication <laughs> of government documents. Yes. We need something that's very black and can't be seen through or washed out 
And this is where the felt tip pen came from. I don't know whether that's true or not, but I think it may be. But um, during hmm. the uh, declassifying, the, the, amount, the number of, an approximate number of documents found were 20,000 documents related to the... 20,000. 20,000. I bet there were more than that. Probably. And this is just probably the ones people can, can see. Yeah. And obviously there is a, um, there is some, shall we say, history about this kind of illegal research that nevertheless the results get used generally. So, for example, another very well-known one is obviously the work that was done uh, by the Nazis during the Second World War uh-huh. in prisoner of war camps. And they yeah. did all kinds of a horrible, inhuman research on prisoners. And yet a lot of the um, conclusions and uh, um, um, results of that work uh-huh. do, did actually inform medical um, the medical world for decades afterwards. So it's yeah. obviously there's a moral and ethical issues there, isn't there? Um, but then this is governments we're talking about, mm-hmm. so usually those two pages are missing from their dictionaries. So I'm letting my myself yes. wander there. Mm-hmm. And among uh, those, uh, let's say, conspiracy theories, yeah. we have this guy Lawrence uh, Teeter, oh, yes. attorney uh, for that the this guy oh, the Sirans, assassin yeah. Siran Siran. Uh, he believed that Siran mm-hmm. was under the influence of hypnosis mm. when he fired his weapon at Robert F. Kennedy in 68. Yeah. There's a lot of that uh-huh. stuff around those. And of course, Dieter is linked to the MK Ultra program. Yeah. And then comes again the mind control thing. And round Another round one round. is Kathy O'Brien claims to be have subject to the program since childhood. Yeah. And she can actually name several prominent government participants and we don't know. And this radio host. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Candy, Candy Jones. Jones. And she also claimed to have been victim of mind control in the 60s. I mean, there's probably truth in it. Right? In, yeah. There usually is. To a certain point, yes. There's usually a grain of truth. Yeah. Um, the problem is, especially with the internet, there is a bottomless hunger uh-huh. for this stuff, right? Yeah. Um. And we're feeding it right now. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Because we can, people. Uh, Yes, so anyway, we should finish the conspiracy section uh, with this... With this uh, mind control thing, but we come now also to the TV one. Yeah, this is the last one. A more modern one, right? Shall I uh, just kind of... Yeah. So this is the concept of mass mind control through... Network television or television in general. Uh-huh. And this goes back to the early days of television, actually. Uh, some experiments were conducted by a researcher called Herbert Krugman, and he uh, found that when a person watches television, um, the dominant hemisphere of the brain that is um, utilized when watching television is the right hemisphere. Now, this right hemisphere, left hemisphere stuff, I'm not entirely sure whether this is actually still valid. I'm not uh-huh. entirely sure where it is, but this is what, if you just look at it as a, as a, uh, a, 
symbolic way of talking about the effects on the on the mind. He said that basically when you watch television, um, you are not watching it with your logical higher processes engaged. Um, you are watching it in a very uncritical way with your right hemisphere, shall we say, being dominant and the um, the dominant processing that, that is going on is emotional rather than logical. Uh-huh. And that um, because of this, because it's emotional, um, watching television can actually stimulate the release of endorphins. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we all know endorphins are, you know, this kind of pleasure drug. Pleasure drug, Nature's yeah. answer to heroin, right? And in fact... And chocolate can produce also. Okay, let's not get carried away. But yeah, <laughs> chocolate obviously as well. But endorphin is the you know the pleasure hormone. Yeah, and that uh, this uh, researcher Herbert uh, Krugman he concluded that it was possible to become physically addicted to watching mm. television. Now, I don't watch a terrific amount of television, but uh, I can I can believe this actually. Um, and I, what he went on to um, say was that um, by measurement, higher brain activity, that is in the neocortex, is diminished while the limbic system, or as we sometimes call it, the reptilian brain, mm-hmm. is increased. And the reptilian brain uh, or the limbic system is very much stimulus response stuff. It doesn't really analyze; it reacts. It's the flight or fight part of your of uh-huh. your brain, shall we say? And again, the the limbic part of your brain doesn't really ask questions like "Is this real?" It just assumes it's real, right? And makes decisions purely based on that. So, when you watch a very emotional movie or a very exciting movie uh-huh. scene or a TV program, whatever it is, your heart rate goes up. You're actually yeah, exhibiting uh, physical, physical responses, response, emotional as, response, as if that thing was happening, right? And it clearly isn't. Yeah. Anyway, what he went on. The people that cry watching certain movies, the people feel anxiety. That's right. Inspiration. Like Forrest Gump, for example. <laughs> I've never <laughs> that seen That you have Forrest never Gump. seen. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm proud of that fact. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, so uh, what uh, Krugman concluded was that. Um, because obviously a simple example is that on television we see a lot of commercial messages and those commercial messages are appealing directly to the subconscious, mm-hmm. the kind of limbic part of the um, of the mind, and that although we still have the higher brain functions there trying to be logical, the reptilian part... Uh-huh. makes us feel vulnerable or needing to satisfy this desire to purchase this good or item or whatever it is. And basically his conclusions were that um, these that television can be used by manipulators, yeah. if they wish, to influence our emotions and to control us. And... Effectively, they do this by directly addressing the subconscious and 
You have to think. I mean, I've... Well, just, yeah. I've thought about it myself over the years that um, whether television is used to do what I would call social engineering. Uh-huh. And you kind of... Well, what look do at, you think? Look at, the, for example, the news. Mm. Yeah, either local or national news. Yeah. They're all based in the concept of fear selling always the worst thing because that sells yeah. and because that gets a direct hit on the people's uh, yeah. subconscious. Although, you know that phrase, bad news sells, I actually wonder mm -hmm. whether that is a social conditioning as well. Well, it's a conditioning, <laughs> yes, right. of course it is, I and, think. And that we've actually been um, inculcated with a hunger for bad news. Mm-hmm. And then you have also all kind of shows trying to sell you the end of the world. Yeah. Or disasters or things like this. Conspiracies. And conspiracies. You can see this History Channel, Discovery Channel, yeah. uh, UFOs, asteroids, earthquakes, yeah, terrorism, right? uh, serial killers. Yes. You know, all these kind of uh, topics related to... Yeah. Destruction to fear to end of the world. The uh, we've discussed this before. This FUD concept: uh -huh. fear, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Right? And doubt. The yeah. three things that are guaranteed to generate. There's of course the other side of the coin, saying that well, whenever they are starting to show these alien invasions and so on, mm. shows is because they are trying to prepare. Oh, Society no. for uh, <laughs> the day. I thought we had an agreement you weren't going to mention that again. Yeah. Isn't that what they said in the phone call? Don't mention that again. Don't mention that again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we signed something. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Anyway, so those, obviously the conspiracy things we gave you there were not directly to do with nocebo, but... There are no conspiracies directly, but well, it's to do with what, what influence. Do you, what do you think, for example, all this influence from TV should be considered as placebo or as nocebo? <laughs> uh, I think it should be considered probably on the scale of light hypnosis and suggestion, uh -huh. like post-hypnotic suggestion stuff. I think it's social engineering. I know, but Quite do, do you think, we, since the topic is nocebo and placebo, yeah, well, it falls more into the category of placebo? Well, you've got to ask yourself, on balance, is the material available on TV... Affecting you? Well, is it on balance a positive message or a negative message? Uh -huh. I don't know, what would you... I don't watch a lot of TV now. Me either. But, um, I... I, I watch TV series sometimes, but I but just you choose which one I to choose watch, what to watch. Uh, your conditioning, watch open TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, it's actually very difficult to answer this question. It but, is hard, no? Uh, I think I, I suppose the thing is, if we're not going to be paranoid, let us just assume that television is neutral, shall we say? Uh huh. Uh, but it has the potential to be used. In a negative way, doesn't it? And of course, um, certain countries where they are not as, shall we say, liberal yeah. as the kind of countries we come from, obviously, m mass media is used to reinforce propaganda 
I mean, can you imagine daytime television no. in North Korea, for example? <laughs> I'm sure that is... Uh, that would be funny to I'm watch, I'm sure that would be entertaining, yeah. right? Yeah. But um, I'm not sure there'd be too many too many genuine positive and uplifting messages on there, I, yeah. I don't think. So I think we can agree probably that mass media is a potential tool for misuse, isn't it? But now, yes, you, yes, the listener, you're listening. Oh, yes, the listeners, yeah. I'd forgotten about them. What do you think? Yeah. How, do you watch, for example, TV? And if you watch TV, do you think you have been influenced by it? Do you consider that as placebo? And, placebo? If you, and if you think you have been influenced by it, was that your own thought or somebody else? Or somebody else's, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a difficulty, right? And we should put no... Enter into the twilight zone. I'm sure the red telephone's going to ring in a minute <laughs> and we'll have to answer it. Yeah. It's, we'll, it's not the Batman one, we'll, by the way. Not the, no, not the bat phone, <laughs> the other one, I mean... You know, we we know the bat phone doesn't ring often enough. No. So anyway, we're we're done, right? With uh, yes, conspiracies. Let's uh, let's move on. Yes. Uh, do we have some suggestions also for um, let's say movies loosely connected with the topic? Yeah. Loosely. Actually, I don't know if any of our listeners have any suggestions of a movie that could relate to placebo and nocebo. Please <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> But not you know. We tried to find yeah. something to, to yeah. say, like, okay, let's see if we can find a movie. Yeah. And it was kind of hard, except the fact that we found movies related to this kind of mind control yeah. stuff. That's, you know, obviously. And we have uh, several, couple of them. We talked about them actually already. I think we've touched All on... All of them, practically. I, I, well, except, but, but when they're good, they're worth repeating. Yeah. So... We start, you start. I'll start with the the first one. Now, this is the original movie from the book by the Russian author Stanislaw Lem. And I'm sure movie aficionados out there will go, oh, I know what he's going to say. And you'll be uh-huh. right. I'm going to say the 1972 movie Solaris. And if you've not seen the original movie, it is worth seeing. Um... It's basically about a team of researchers um, who try to communicate with an alien life form uh-huh. on a distant planet. And in fact, in the original movie, this 1972 one, and in the more recent uh, Steven Soderbergh remake in 2002, actually the implication is the whole planet is somehow alive, sentient. Uh-huh. And basically it's about these scientists or researchers on a kind of a space station or something, research station in orbit around a planet called Solaris, and they're studying it, but in fact there is some kind of life entity is influencing their minds and all kinds of weird stuff goes on. Mm -hmm. And I do like the original movie. I did see it many many moons ago, but I have to say that my I do actually prefer the 2002 uh, Steven Soderbergh one with yeah. um, Swoony in it, George Clooney, Clooney. Um, also called Solaris. I thought that was a really good... Yeah. Inter- have you, you've seen it? I have seen it, yeah. Really nice movie. I, I think they did nice, that one. Very that version nice is good, job. yeah. Very nice job. So, yeah, that is the first movie. Yeah. Highly recommended. 
Mm-hmm. If you have the choice between the two, see the Soderbergh one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for historical reference. Yeah, we have the other one as well. Yeah. And another movie we have talked before was The Manchurian Candidate. Mm. Uh, 1962, 1962, the original. 1962 right? is the original. And then we have the one with uh, Denzel Washington. Which is rubbish, right? <laughs> Which is actually the brainwashing of uh, the son of a prominent guy, political guy. Was he a vet or something? Yes. And he becomes an assassin in an international, you know, conspiracy thing around. And the film was released in 1962. And it was exactly in the peak of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right in the middle of it. So it had to do with that. Obviously, I think mm. it had an influence in the topic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very, I don't know. It's very, okay. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. And um, again, you know, it was coming out of Cold War paranoia. Paranoia. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. And today, I don't know whether it is a surprise to us that somebody would actually bring out a quite a power. The message is quite powerful. I mean, Frank Sinatra starred in this movie and Janet Lee. <laughs> yeah. But even so, the movie is actually quite quite powerful in its message. Mm-hmm. And strangely, I know you won't be surprised to hear this, but obviously I was alive during the Cuban Missile uh-huh. Crisis. I was actually about seven. Okay? And, and I remember my parents in England uh-huh. being noticeably concerned. About the movie. No, about the Cuban Missile Cuban Crisis. Cuban Missile Crisis. That the particular few days when it reached its peak, yeah. they were, everybody was worried. Everybody was concerned. This uh, is third it. Third World War. This is the Third World War, right? And this movie comes out right in the middle of it. Yeah. I mean, is that something that happens now? Do You don't Take see Take advantage this, of... Uh, this is a kind of a political, semi-political message, isn't message, it? Message, yeah. Uh, well, it used to happen a lot. Why not political now, mes- Do you think it's not anymore? I don't think it is because we've all been manipulated, right? We've all <laughs> In been, other forms. We've all been dumbed <laughs> down. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, they bring out another, you know, um, Disney movie instead. Yeah. Finding Nemo or Finding... Dory. Dory, right? <laughs> the other one. The other fishy film. Yeah. Which uh, is... Yeah. yeah. I was checking, now that we were talking, the poster of the movie, the original in 1962. Yeah. And it's funny what it says. Go on. If you come in five minutes after this, picture begin after the picture begins... You won't know what it is all about. Ah. Uh. See, that's when story. That's when films had plots yeah. and storylines. When you have seen it all, yeah. you'll swear there's never been anything like it. Yeah. Uh. And I'll bet there were no special effects in that film. No, no. It would just so be... Frank Sinatra, Lawrence Harvey, and Janet Leigh. Yeah, fantastic yeah. film, I thought, actually. And, and then we go to the next one, Carl. Okay. A favorite of mine. I'll do this one. Also a favorite of mine. Uh, because it gets me, it lets me mention one of my all-time favorite authors as well. Uh-huh. Um, so the last one is Total Recall, the 1990 Paul Verhoeven movie starring uh-huh. your friend and Nas, The Governator. Right? The Governator, yes. Arnold. Now, what is it about? Well, it's about a company that is able to implant... 
false memories into people. Mm-hmm. And in the film, uh, you can actually take like a virtual holiday. And I'm sure all this will come true, actually. Yeah. It's going to happen, right? Um, but basically, it's about this guy. I forget his name in the, the character's name in the movie. Um, um, but he, I can't remember his name in the movie. It has the name of an actor, actually. But oh, does um, it? Yeah. You think about it while I, yeah. while I jaw. Um, so basically, he uh, keeps being disturbed by dreams of being on Mars and going through all kinds of weird adventures and decides to go and visit uh, Total Recall. Um, and it then for a, a kind of a, a holiday implant and that's when it all goes pear-shaped and it turns out he's a secret agent, blah, blah, blah. Douglas Quaid. Douglas Quaid, that's it. Or Hauser was the, the other Do- last name. Yeah, Hauser, that's it. So um, anyway, it's all about his adventures. Now, the whole film was remade again in 2004, I think it was. Uh, 2012? Uh, no. Well, Will Farrell, not Will Farrell, uh, Colin Farrell. 2012, yeah. 2012. Rubbish, that film. Don't watch that one. That it's is rubbish. so bad. Yes. In fact, I, I, it's that bad. I don't know how they can actually call it. Colin Farrell. It's not... It's no, not Total Recall. It's not Total Recall. No, what is no, no. it? It's just something. It's the product of a deranged mind. If they'd have just given it a different name and said it's nothing to do with that film. Right? You know what's the interesting part here? Mm. That... There have been other movies being redone because now we have new technologies yeah. to do special effects, to do things, let's say, more impressive. Yeah. And still, the original is better. It's better. <laughs> because they spend so much time and so much money on the CGI, they forget about the characters and the plot and, and the story. I don't know what you, what you think, but... Uh, I rarely think. Changing the, the plot of the original movie so much, I don't think makes too much sense. Even they should not even call it a remake or... They shouldn't. They should just call it a reimagining. Oh. Hey, that was good. The keys in the world. There you go. Anyway, I'm just quickly writing that phrase down. I'll be (laughs) using that often from now. Uh, But anyway, the film Total Recall, uh, original, forget about the remake, uh, the original Total Recall 1990 uh-huh. was loosely based on a 1966 Philip K. Dick novel, We Can Remember It For You Wholesale. Now, uh-huh. Philip K. Dick is one of my all-time favorite sci-fi um, authors, and I strongly recommend you buy all of his books immediately and... <laughs> Just take two weeks off work and just read them all. Yeah. It will possibly change your life. Mm-hmm. So he's that good. Um, and I think it's fair to say that even the original Total Recall, this film we're talking about, is actually only not... loosely based yeah. on the story. Yeah. And that is obviously the case with a lot of Philip K. Dick stories. You mm-hmm. cannot make those into films. But it's kind of like the story arc, isn't it? Though? Yes. Like the idea is what they use. And it's, you know, it's an interpretation. It's a good movie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think so. Anyway, so what are we on to now? Books. A few books. Uh, we have the famous book. And after that made a, a movie. movie by Kubrick. 
It was Kubrick, wasn't it? Yeah. Clockwork Orange. Yeah. 1962. Mm. So in the novel, mm. uh, the Ludovico technique mm. is a form of mind control. That's right. And it causes the subject uh, to... Uh, yeah, the, physical symptoms. Huh? Feel symptoms there, sickness mm. and pain. And uh, whenever he's uh, violent or antisocial. So it's kind of like aversion therapy, isn't it? Yeah. Kinda. Like a... You know, instead of electric shocks, you do something wrong. Psh, electric yeah, but, shock. They do, but they did it with drugs and uh-huh. and, and mental yeah. uh, kind of influence, influencing and, and post-hypnotic and stuff. And yeah, uh-huh. quite a powerful story, actually. It's very powerful, mm. and it's set up in a kind of a dystopian, dystopian future. English society. Yeah, we're good at that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've and seen. well, the main uh, the main character Alex is narrating all those those uh, exploits experiences yeah. with authorities in trying to reform him. Yeah, both the book and the movie the movie are worth excellent reading and viewing. Yeah, what would you read the book first? What do you think? Yeah, you would probably. Uh, although I think both are quite okay. Yeah, I mean they are not for the mild mannered. No. Actually, I think you need to approach the book with a an open open mind, mind and yeah. don't try to be too judgmental. Exactly. Yeah. Just let it Otherwise you will let it just go yeah. like this. Because Stop. it is it does touch on Very, concepts that are quite yeah, disturbing. Disturbing subjects I would say for normal people. Definitely. And especially if people normal people which I don't know what is normal but you know <laughs> I think it fits in the way of describing something. Okay. Yeah. I don't know anymore what's normal. I'm going to let that go. <laughs> Shall I do this next one? Yeah. Um, yeah, our next book, and I've got a feeling we've covered this one before. Yeah, before. But these books are so... These are seminal works in English. These are... You'll find these books are in the top 100 all-time English written works. Um. The next one is George Orwell's 1984, which was published in 1949. And basically, uh, 1984 is based in a, uh, again, a dystopian future where Great Britain, my, um, or the the mainland, as I call it in Europe, Uh um, uh, Great Britain has actually been renamed Airstrip One uh, because there is basically a perpetual war going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Airstrip One is part of a superstate called Oceania. And mm-hmm. there is an omnipresent government with omnipresent surveillance and public manipulation. And interestingly, um, the government is represented by Big Brother, uh-huh, yeah. and they use television <laughs> to do a lot of the influencing. Yeah. And in fact, the televisions, we've had this discussion before, in yeah. 1984, the book and the movie, um, every television in the home has a camera in it. And they're watching... And they're watching the you, watching, watching the... T- right? And we discussed before, hmm, do we know any technology that's like that now? 
a screen with a camera. With a camera in there. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe the listeners can, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, make a suggestion. But um, so, so basically, in this dystopian future, um, the government persecutes individualism. If any of this sounds familiar to you, please, you know, share your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the government per- persecutes. Uh, individualism and independent thinking. And these characteristics of people are regarded as thought crime. Yeah, because now, you have to be part of the collective. You have to be part. You have to get with the program, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the party leader, Big Brother, who ultimately may not exist, it turns out, in the book and the movie, uh, they're just there for the sake of power for its own sake, and they're not actually interested in the well-being or the mm-hmm. or the welfare of the people. It's just about power, and this is a allegorical thing about power and yeah. what people will do to mm-hmm. retain power. Right? So, yeah, in the um, in the novel, uh, the protagonist Winston Smith, he works for the Ministry of Truth, and he's responsible for historical revisionism and his job is uh, amongst other things is to basically rewrite uh past news articles mm-hmm. newspaper articles so that the historical record always supports the party line mm-hmm. um and the thing about 1984 particularly is a lot of the words and phrases in 1984 have actually become part of our language. Normal language. Yeah, like newspeak and uh-huh. thought crime, uh, this kind of stuff, have become, yeah. they have, they've become absorbed, haven't they? We yeah. use them. They're everyday coinage for people mm-hmm. now. So well worth reading the book. Yep. Again, some real topics covered there. And we finish with another returner. Absolutely. Brave New World, mm. 1931, Aldous Huxley. Yeah, an English author. Yes. And uh, the book talks about a, a technique called uh, hy- uh, hypnopedia. It looks like, yeah. And is used to condition children to be obedient, calm citizens, yes. and, you know, they do whatever they're being told. And this thing is set in London. Mm. Uh, the year is uh, 2540, 2000, yeah. Twenty-five forty. Yeah. <laughs> There's a funny thing there. Six hundred and thirty-two AF after Ford. After Ford. Yeah. In the book, yeah. yeah. And at the novel, you know, anticipates and talks about development in reproductive technology, sleep learning, psychological manipulation, conditioning, etc. Things like we have been talking <laughs> about now. I. Uh, Totally recommend reading this book. It's yeah. an absolute. We mentioned that in the last, classic. in the previous, in the previous show. Classic. So, three kind of old friends there in the book. Yeah, some returners. That's just fantastic. And we would like you to get in touch with us, share your thoughts, write some comments, and listen to the next segment. Yes, where we'll do next week some science mm-hmm. on placebo and nocebo. nocebo and if you have more comments don't forget please and you can even send us a, a voicemail yeah okay so Carl see you next week thank you Rafa see you next week okay 
We talk to you next week down the rabbit hole. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Dark Mind Radio 2016.